Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the One Step Better podcast. I'm your host, Mike Schaefer, and with me is Matt Patrick. And I uh, really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen to us or, or watch us if you're uh, checking us out on YouTube. Um, again, really, really appreciative of all of the comments that you guys have sent in, all the ratings, the, the emails. It's been a lot of fun to hear from you and get to uh, interact with you guys in that way. And so today we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the things that are important here in our world. But before we do that, we got a question of the week, and that is going to be this. Matt, you're going to go sell around the world, and it's going to be lovely. It's going to be beautiful. You're going to see all the sights. But before you do that, you have to buy a boat. And more importantly, you have to name that boat. What is your boat's name? Freedom. Freedom. That's a good one. Yeah, freedom. Oh, man. I was totally on the spot. I had no yeah. idea. I think you didn't think of the question at the time. I <laughs> should have thought of it first. Freedom the question. Like, if I'm going on a boat around the world, I better be untethered. You know? the, the question could have been, what's the first word that pops in your mind? Freedom. You come up with the same answer. Freedom. America, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, freedom. That's a good one, though, man. That's pretty impressive. You think on your feet well. Thanks, man. Congratulations. Bullshit with the best of them. Uh, I think it would be funny just to na- like, name it boat. <laughs> Ship. USS boat. Yeah. I think that would be funny. People would be like, uh, have you ever seen the boat? Yeah. You mean the boat? The. That's right. How about just the? The boat. The. Just the. <laughs> That'd be fun. Well, you know, I think it's important uh, to, to think about what you're going to name your boat, because if you ever do get one, uh, you're going to have to explain the name to people, because everybody's going to have to ask, like, how'd you got the name? Where'd you come up with that? And in some ways, that kind of correlates to th- something that you value, something that you think is important. Um, and so today, what we're going to talk about is kind of along those lines. You like how I segued that? That was awesome. That was completely and unprompted. you're a professional or something. I'm kind. a pro, yep. And so uh, what we're going to talk about today is our core values. We talked about this probably eight months or so, or so ago, um, but I think it's important to, to talk about again. We, mm-hmm. we get a lot of questions on this uh, in different organizations and industry groups that we're a part of, of, you know, why we value certain things. The values are really important. Uh, and it's important because it explains a little bit about what we expect of our people when expectations aren't necessarily known. But it also shows a little bit about what you value. And as the leader uh, of our organization, it's important for everyone to understand what you value, why you value it. Because on some level, there's going to be a cultural shift that comes with that that requires people to some degree to either fit into those values or hold the same values or find a lot of displeasure in working here. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so what are our core values? Let's see if you can name them. I won't look at the sheet. Own it, challenge it, empathy for others, passion for our purpose, and team first. Good job. Good job. Those, uh, those They're f- everywhere around here. It's hard and hard not to figure <laughs> it out. At this point, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the core values have really come out of, uh, goodness, they've, they've been around. These five core values have been solid. Four plus years, right? For yeah, I want to say about four, maybe three and a half, four years, somewhere around there. Um, what is it, twenty one? So this was probably seventeen ish. Yeah, that all this started to come out and kind of solidified those we core values. Define them. It, we had some of you know, I guess original thoughts, but we had never put them on paper. And then that exercise we did at um, Entree Leadership was the starting point, and we evolved it from there. Um, we had one reiter- reiteration from then, I think. Yeah. Um, we just tweaked a little bit, but uh, yeah, I'm I I think it's allowed us to have a a compass, you know, compass mindset to what our goals are, who we are, what we believe. It's part of the overall mission, values, um, goals. 
Yeah, so what we want to do today is we want to deep dive into each of these core values uh, and talk a little bit about why we chose them and why that's important for us, kind of how we, how we I don't want to say measure that, but hold people to those standards, um, how we talk about them internally, and just kind of give our, our listeners a good understanding of who we are and, and why we are who we are. So that first one that you mentioned, um, Own It, uh, is on, I mean, all of our core values are on all, all of our doors here. We talk about them often. Own It is one of the big ones that comes up in conversation probably, I'll say tied for first in the yeah. one that's mentioned more than anything else. Uh, tell me a little bit about where Own It came from and, and how we got that core value specifically. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the, it's the mindset of when something comes in, it's not somebody else's problem to deal with. It's now yours. Um, if you decide you're going to do something, it's yours. If you... Uh, have a problem it's your decision you, you have to fix it um the idea that you know I, i'm i'm accountable to myself to getting my own things done and i'm also accountable to if i need help i have to raise my hand it's not you know someone's not going to come bail you out unless you ask for help i like the mindset of owning it because it allows everybody to have the autonomy and um responsibility to um get things done the right way Owning it is something that you value a lot. Uh, there's part of that that is you want people to work here that don't have to be babysat, uh -huh. that, uh, that has the, the freedom and the encouragement to go do stuff, like yep. to go figure it out, to go I make things happen. I don't want a bureaucracy happen. to, you know, hey, that's not my department. Let me go send you over here. Now, we have that somewhat, not because of... I don't want to take care of it, but the right person is going to take care of it. Um, I want the person to, who takes the original call, and for instance, to make sure that they've owned it to the point where they've transferred that message to the appropriate person to do the job. They will also make sure that it got done. Yeah. The, they don't pass the buck. The, the responsibility stays with them. Where, the, the, where this could be a downside, what you have to watch out for if you want to use this as one of your core values, yeah. what you have to watch out for is what you don't want to happen is, let's say that you have a longtime customer call in and say, hey, I need X, Y, Z done. And for some reason, the first person that answers that phone call is your employee that's been you know, with you for a week. They have no idea what they're actually doing yet. And they feel the responsibility to own that problem. Yep. Owning can sometimes get you in trouble if it's not directed well. Owning doesn't mean doing Owen, owning it does not mean that you're the primary person that's responsible for taking everything and getting it done. It, it's not that you're on an island and you have to be self-sufficient. It's that you're the quarterback that's getting the ball to the player that's in the best position to make the play happen. And the reverse of that is also true. Hey, I take a call and I'm the owner of this place. And unfortunately, they, the client still reached out to me directly. Fine, perfectly fine. If I were to do that, I may not be the best person to do that. A, I don't have the time. I'm not going to be able to serve them as well. I'm better off delegating and managing that delegation to the right person to do that job. And then just making sure on my world is that we've circled the loop, closed the loop, yeah. and it got done. Yeah. One of the things that you hate is whenever somebody says, hey, yeah, I'm going to get that done. And they maybe go do it, and they don't ever tell anybody that they got it done. I want the loop closed. Just owning it, the piece of owning it is the part of where we're telling everybody, hey, this call came in or this problem came in, and it came to me, but I had you know, Kim do X, Y, Z, and then T 
Tammy did ABC, and now I checked back with everybody. It's fixed. Told everybody it's fixed. I've responded to the customer that it's fixed or whatever yeah. it may be. It's a closing the loop for me is a big deal because I, you know, one of the things we want to make sure that happens is we want to make sure the customers are served properly. We want to make sure that we do what we're going to do, but also just the unknown of I want to. I don't want to assume it's done and then be burned. So I always just ask, hey, just carbon copy me on an email or blind carbon me even, or you know, just give me a thumbs up that you've seen the message. That means that kind of tells me you're going to do it. I don't have to worry about the closing loop at that point. You close loop that you said, hey, I've got this. Okay, now I'm good. But until then, I'm going. Do they see it? Do they not see it? That's just a little bit of my own insecurity. Yeah, yeah. I find that I think most people are like that because yeah. I'm not to yeah. to a fault, and it's one of the yeah, give me a thumbs up issues. Mike. Yeah, that I I don't. <laughs> whenever something hits my plate, it's okay. I got this. I'm going to knock this out. But I don't ever in my mind, and it's it's simply because I don't expect the same thing right. from other people, and so in my mind, it's not something that they expect from me, and that's I'm not true. Getting used to more that you don't always do that. Um, but I do this. You've really improved on that. I've tried. I tried. Yeah, you have really improved. I've I mean, tried. not, and, and it is, you never not did something you're supposed to do that I know of intentionally. We all do some at some point, but sure. the reality of it is, is never intentionally. And then, but you are, you are getting better at acknowledging, Hey, yeah, I got this. Just a check mark or yeah. thumbs up, which is all I need. Okay. No, I know we got it. I turn on, I know that's easy for us to get, um, Distracted by things. You just turn on when auto, email auto, and auto response with a thumbs yeah. up. You got an auto response turned on. You know on. what? <laughs> if anybody out there is listening and works for Slack and knows how to do that, let me know. <laughs> I, got great. The... <laughs> I got a solution. One of the things that I did do is like I, know, for my great. wife is I turned on read receipts on my text messages because it, I mean, this isn't like a work thing for me. This yeah. is a life thing she for said, me. Did you see that I told and, you to get milk? Yeah. Hey, no. go to the store. Go get some milk. Okay. I got this in my head. I'm going to go to the store and get milk. And then 20 minutes later, she's like, did you are, get this? Wait, are, did you get milk? Did, did you she not give me the little finger like, up? Yeah, I like got I milk. Do, I go, I, you saw hey, I read it. Did you see this one? <laughs> up up yeah. arrow? Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't think now about he it. He needs to do that for me. Not because I, I don't, I may acknowledge the issue that I've been doing it. And then I just go, I forgot. It <laughs> so, makes sense. I mean, especially she's in my Slack. Nag. I love, I told her all the time, just keep nagging me. Yeah. Just keep nagging me. That's what I'm supposed to. I'm well, used to that. For whenever for we have, uh, whenever we have new hires and we, in our daily huddle, we always introduce them in the daily huddle. And we talk about the purpose of the huddle. One of those purposes is is public shaming. Yes. If you're stuck on something, you have to be able to say, hey, and I always use the example. Oh, this man. is your opportunity to remind Matt once more that he was supposed to do something that didn't get done. And so this is your I'm stuck. Matt, I still can't do X, Y, Z. But when you do that the third or fourth time, I usually get it done. The public shaming helps. Or the it's private a, shaming great or the nagging or, hey, are you going to review the blog? Hey. Are you going to review the blog? You said you were going to do this. Is it done? Uh, Becky's over there snorting. So I don't know if she's on the call. On the like, yes, sound. please. The, um, all that does, it kind of comes back to that own it mind, mindset. It's a mindset. It doesn't have, have to be perfect. To get stuff done. It's not perfect. We, we, all, we want to own it. <laughs> it's a goal. start backtracking now. Yeah, core maybe, value. maybe own it shouldn't be a core value. It's a core it's value a core for everybody value. else. It's a core value except for me. <laughs> I already yeah. own it. My yeah. name's on the door. I own it. I, 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 I've already checked that box. I don't yeah, have to worry I'm about it good. anymore. Um, I think of own it as ultimate accountability. Yeah, uh, I agree. If you're expected to do something, then nobody needs to tell you to do it anymore. That's the expectation. And now it's your responsibility to own it. That yes. only works whenever there is clear expectations that's being communicated 
on a frequent basis. If you don't, if you're lazy with your expectation setting and you're lazy in your accountability, this won't work. But for me, when I go to my team and I say, hey, we have, it's three o'clock, which is our daily deadline, three o'clock, we have everything done for the day. At three o'clock, these three things are outstanding. Then that is a conversation that I'm going to have a little bit out of frustration because they, they knew what their responsibilities were. It's three o'clock and it's not done. And to me, that's a violation of owning it. Um, and so we talk about that on a, on, uh, on a weekly, not, eh, probably not weekly, but every once in a while, we'll bring it up in our meetings of, all right, remember, this, this is what the expectation is. You got to get it knocked out. Thankfully, that doesn't happen super often. But when it does, it's, it's a reminder, or we got to talk about this stuff more often because owning it is what really drives our ability to have a high level of customer service, to have a high expectation on ourselves, which then our clients can put yep. on us too. Yep. I, I use the, the phrase, do what you say you're going to do 100% of the time, is yeah. what, what it really means. And that's the back end of that uh, core value, as we've already kind of burned. And it's not 100% of the time, it's probably not the reality around here for me anyway. It's the goal. And it is, um, hey, I'm going to review this for you on Thursday. So by Thursday, I have to have this done. I told I was going to have it done by Thursday. Same thing we should respond to when a client asks for something and we're, you know, we're working with them. Hey, we're going to have this to you by Friday. Well, then we're going to have it to you by Friday. If Friday's not going to happen, I need to, ahead of time, talk to the client and say, hey, here's what's happened. Yeah. It's not going to be Friday. Here's not Friday at 11 p.m. Yeah. Hey, Friday you probably Friday. realize at this point you're not getting it today. Correct. But I want to tell you before that. Um, that, that one's a big one. And so that's, you know, do what you see you're going to do 100% of the time is an easy easy thing to say, but it's not an easy thing to do. It's not, no. But that's the goal. And that's the expectation, honestly. It is. It's the expectation is 100%. And, uh, you know, if, if you're probably an HR person out there, you're thinking, oh, you have a 100% expectation. That's not realistic. We know that. It's still the expectation. It's the expectation. It's still the expectation. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I think that's uh, FedEx's goal is 100% of packages arrive on time every day. Every day, yeah. But that doesn't happen every day. No. But that's their I, goal. When I, uh, I, worked, I, I spent a semester and a half, a semester and a summer, at FedEx. And uh, I was, I mean, that's an impressive place, man. You talk about logistics and getting everything timed out correct. That's a ridiculously impressive place. And I remember my orientation, they said, all right, you're expected to be here um, on time. I think it was on time 98.5% of the time. Uh, and I was like, man, that's, that's very exact. Like, you start doing the math there. That's out of a hundred days, essentially two and a half months, probably three months of actually work time. Four months work time. One and a that's, half days you did not yeah. on time. Yeah. And that's, that's not, you didn't show up. That's not a no-show. That's just simply you were late punching in. And they were very stringent to that. And if you ever went over that and mark, you're getting disciplined. Yeah. And it wasn't a, well, well we're going to get to that. It was, we're going to pull you in. Yeah. I never had really had a functionality problem, so I never got to experience what that looked like. But um, that's, I mean, it's a pretty I'm sure high you had some people there that did, though. Very they much They weren't so. there very long. They weren't there. Yeah, they weren't. They weren't. I worked with a great crew, but yeah. Uh, as, as, tell you what, that's a neat place. Um, second core value, uh, and these aren't in any particular order, yeah. other than the order that they're on the sheet, uh, is team first. Uh, team first is it's what's written on my door. Uh, team first is the idea that we are all in this together, which is a phrase that probably everybody mm -hmm. has done. Uh, you know, hearing in this COVID world, but the Isn't the team a first idea. High School Musical song. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm Sing it, Mike. I've already, I, <laughs> Sing it, Mike. I already did the Alexander Hamilton. I don't yeah. know if I can get too far down that trail. Um, everybody is in this together. Our goal is to not have anybody on an island by themselves. Correct. We want everybody to feel supported. You don't have to be the one to do everything. 
um, you have to be able to do your job well. But um, ultimately, we know that sometimes whether it's going to be PTO or bereavement or there's a reason you're not here that's out of your control or whatever it may be, that we have to rely on the team to, to pick up the slack. And this is, this is uh, on my door by happenstance. It just happens to be the, my door was next yeah. to mine. But this is probably one of my favorite core values that I talk about more than anything else with, with my team specifically. And they do a fantastic job of whether it's covering for somebody because their kids got sick or um, they need to work from home because a repairman's coming or whatever it is. They all proactively reach out and say, hey, this is what's going on. Mm -hmm. I need some help. And somebody is always quick to say, all right, I got this covered. Um, they, we do this, I think, really well. My, what I really think of this is it's okay to raise your hand because the fear you always have as a new employee is that you should know something that you don't know or that you think you should have known it, so you, you're afraid. I hope this one uh, takes the fear of asking questions away. Uh, our goal here is, you know, I don't expect everybody to know everything. I don't know anything. I'm not. I'm. I'm not omnipotent. But um, is that all? That all knowing? Or is that all powerful? <laughs> I think that may be all powerful. I omniscient. I'm not going to call you out. Omniscient. 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 That's the wrong one. But that being said, see, I'm not all knowing. I can't even get the right word. But I'm just impressed that you pronounced it correctly. Omnipotent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is different. Never mind. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, don't go there, Mike. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> any idea what you're talking about today? Yeah, I do. Um, anyway, no, what I, what I like about it is it's the ability for us to raise our hand and ask questions because uh, it's the, it, to do something that you are unsure of is not efficient. And so if you don't raise your hand at the right time, we're, we are obviously working efficiently. But it also, it's that, that freedom to say, hey, I don't know this. Let's look at it together. And the team should step in. You know, we have leaders that know maybe know a little bit more than that person and or somebody else in that been in that situation before. Um, that's what huddles for. That's what our communication channels are for. It's hey, I can ask a question or I need help. And that's that's kind of why I use it. My mindset goes there usually. Um, also from the from my owner standpoint is I'm always gonna put our people above our clients because while a, a client is super important and I want to take exceptional care of them, my employees are you know, they're, fa they're like family to me. So I want them to make sure they understand that um, uh, we're always going to back them up no matter what and make sure that they are um, not being mistreated or um, any kind of just a conflict. I want to hear both sides of that story because, you know, it's not a, it's not always a, a right answer and a wrong answer. Yeah, ultimately, it's a lot easier to replace a client than it is an employee. Correct. Uh, and so that. They do, they do come first in, in a lot of ways. Um, it is important that they feel that, that they understand that, because there is a level of safety that comes with knowing ultimately somebody's going to have my back. Now, if, they, if, our, if our team jacks something up, publicly, we may you know, we're gonna go deflect the, a little bit. We're going to go to the core value above that, but which is privately, owning, it, owning it. So if we make a mistake, we're going to own it. Yeah. But... We also are going to own the fixing of that mistake if it can be fixed. Yeah. The, uh, I think our team appreciates this one. Yeah. I mean, this is the, you know, we talk about this a little bit internally. It's the um, no assholes in the building. You know, um, we don't want clients that are crazy or we don't want no crazy in the building. So um, if something's not happening right or clients not treating our people right, they're not going to be client very long. Yeah. Third up, 
passion for purpose. This could be renamed the Rick Bowers Award. This is this is the the idea that what we do has to matter to you beyond just this is a job. Mm-hmm. It ha- you have to be able to feel that your role has a direct link into helping our clients be successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think of it as the small business is the backbone of America, and what we do is supporting that backbone. And that is something that if, our, if, if somebody comes here, or even in the recruiting process, whatever it is, they can't show that drive, that passion for helping small businesses win. They have no chance of success here. Agree. This is what this is the stuff that um, this happens maybe once or twice a year, where we have to have a you know what everybody's going to work until four a.m. type of day, and this is hopefully not once or twice a year, but yes. I mean, yeah. This but, is but the realistically, fuel. it does. Yeah. This is the fuel that that makes that possible, because there is an understanding that the sometimes in the work, especially here in this COVID world, where we've been you know doing the PPP and the ERC and the uh, uh, EIDL and all of the new legislation that has been coming from this as quick as, as Washington can move, then our team understands and has seen a direct impact. I mean, on some of these things, it's, it's kept businesses open. Yep. And uh, they've, they've been a big part of that because of their willingness to, to keep plugging away at something. And it's because they understand that, that small businesses matter and what we're doing is it matters to them. We... I look at, you know, this is the, 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 the minutiae, right? This is the, we want to make sure our clients stay in compliance, understand what we're doing, um, uh, are being successful, anything we can do to make them have better information, to have insight into the numbers so that they can run a better business. This is the passion. This is what this, is what this means. And, and to the extent that, you know, some of the stuff we do is just, there's another deadline this month. There's, you're right, there is another deadline this month. And that's part of keeping that business alive. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of regulatory compliance we have to do. And, and luckily, we've hired a great team that understands all those compliance things matter. And getting them right matter and getting them right on time matter. Um, and that is not, the blocking and tackling of what we do is not to be, um, uh, you know, it's not less important than the, you know, the, the, the fun, cool stuff. It's the mundane is just as important as the not mundane. Yeah. And that's, that's where it, it could sometimes, this is what really burnt me out in accounting um, when, I, when I was in college. It was the daily grind of the same thing over and over and over again without seeing the direct impact that it actually had in the real world. It was, you know, sitting behind a, a computer all day, punching a bunch of buttons and, you know, you know, doing accounting work. It disconnected the work from the people. Absolutely. And it was like, what is this even... You know, how many more spreadsheets can I create? How many more financial statements can I print? And that's not the story that we tell. The blocking and tackling of all of that accounting work is not sexy, but at the same time, it is critically important. It has to be right. It has to be on time. Um, but it's not, it's not going to be something that really moves your needle. When you see how a small business owner takes that information and they maybe pivot because of it, or they go all in on something because of it, or that actually influences their decision making to help them become successful. There's a there's a connect that happens with the work that we do and the end product that that small business owner is reaching that is meaningful. Yep, I mean, I think of, I just popped in my head was the idea of you know we do weekly accounts payable for people, the simple matter of just paying bills. 
but the process by which we can make sure we communicate to the client, hey, here's how much money is in your bank account. Here's a priority of bills. Here's the bills you need to pay. You know, that takes some burden away from them from something else they have to be doing. The more we efficient we can make that for them, the process itself to physically pay bills seems so simple. But if it's 15 bills a week, it only takes them five minutes or two minutes or one minute versus having to handle that process themselves, having to make sure the stuff's paid or not paid, you know, corresponding with the vendor as it needs to be done, keeping up with the checkbook that needs to get there. That stuff is critical for them to make decisions from. How much money do you have in the bank it matters. Yeah. And so, um, and particularly in this time, you know, if, if there's a lot of people that are super cash trapped right now. So making sure they understand how that process is supposed to work. People have to know that don't have to be right because they're making decisions off that. Hey, look, you told them they had 15 grand in the bank. And they have three grand in the bank. They just spent 12 grand on bills they don't have. Yeah. So it's important that we get it right. Yeah. Or, hey, you told them that three grand. 45 days ago, they had $15,000 in the bank. <laughs> yeah, how is that helpful for me today? It doesn't help them much today. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. But like all of one. those things are are critically important, um, but it's, also, it's, it's important for our team to see the connection that it has with the real world impact that they're making with their clients. Because if it is just sitting behind a computer and punching on a keyboard all day, then it, it does. It gets boring. It gets just boring, redundant. It's, yeah. it's not as fun. Uh, but when you see the impact that it makes with that small business owner, um, and you see the story, that, that's why we, you know, I love whenever our, uh, our team starts to talk about their favorite clients that they work with yeah. or who they're talking with this week or whatever it may be. Because there's some people that uh, on our team that have developed really strong relationships, friendships with, um, with these small business owners that go well, well beyond, hey, I issued you a financial statement this month or about, you know, filed your sales tax return, whatever well, it may we're be. We're getting birth notifications, <laughs> invites to weddings. Yeah. Um, you know. That's because they have the connection with the people and the people's yeah. what is yeah. what matters. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, if, to work here, you have to be able to have the passion that goes with being able to see those stories and, and participate in those stories. Or Accounting is boring. Fun. Accounting is boring. It is. The people are not. Correct. Yep. Very, that's very well said. Yep. Write that down. Put it on yeah. the wall. Um, fourth. Sixth value. <laughs> Accounting is boring. Accounting is boring. <laughs> Our team, amen, brother. <laughs> that's on my door, please. Yeah. Can, can, yeah. I get, can I get that on a, on a poster? Yeah. Um, fourth core value that's uh, that's really important here, and that uh, probably I'm not the best person to to talk with uh, talk about it. The um, most. I think you've, this is a, one of those improvement areas for you too. It's, yeah, <laughs> empathy for others. Yeah, empathy for others. Uh, you know, I always look through the. You know, we this is the simple story here is you email your client and they never respond and you get frustrated. Then you go to their store and you notice they're never in front of a computer. They're in a shop working with their hands all day long on a machine or they're working with customers they are traveling about doing sales or they are the cook in the back of the restaurant or they're the dentist on, you know, working on somebody's teeth. That's called not understanding where your client is. And so I look at the as empathy for others is understanding where they are at, um, understanding what they're going through day to day, the stresses they're running into. Um, you know, being a business owner is super hard. And you're pulled in a million different directions just because we emailed you and you didn't respond doesn't mean you're not responsive. It means you're a business owner and you're distracted. Um, but also empathy for others is simple things like, hey, uh, if you're if you have a client whose kid is sick, hey, look, you know, maybe what can I do to help you more and go above and beyond what is uh, needed? Or hey, um, you know, uh, we've you know. Well, situation where we've had where you know a client has been stuck out of town, and they can't process payroll the normal way, so they call us and say, "Can you please help us? I can't get in front of a computer. 
sure let me show you let me help you but that's all we ask you know just you know think about what they're going through and what can we do to help them and then um you know having the understanding of not every is in the normal situation you expect them to be they're not at your beck and call just because you sent them an email empathy is about understanding it's about realizing the situation that that other person is is finding themselves in uh, and understanding what they're trying to get done or what they need to, need to have happened. Um, it's not necessarily agreeing with any of that. It's not necessarily uh, um, giving a license for those beliefs necessary. Uh, but it, it, it is about having an understanding that comes with knowing what's happening. It's that should inform how we behave, how we, how we interact with that person. If I'm, if I'm talking with a client that is, you know, going through some major medical stuff with, with a spouse or with a kid or something like that, that should inform how I interact with that client. It's unrealistic for me to say, Hey, I sent you an email an hour ago and you haven't heard back what's going on. I need this now, now, now. Um, that's not very empathetic. Right. Uh, and so it's important for us. We talk about with our team, that they have to know who their clients are. They have to, they have to actually you know, know who you're working with, uh, but then also go beyond just the work. And sometimes you know, we have that relationship with the client where they're going to be more than, you know, more than open about those things. Other times they see us just as another vendor and maybe they're not as open about those things. Um, but we try to, we, our goal is to try to build a connection because we need that understanding in order to best work with the people that we're working with. I agree. Um, you know, this is the understanding is a great term, but the idea of we don't know the financial sophistication of a client when we walk in the door. So part of our job is to educate them and enlighten them and give them insight. So part of that is, is the understanding of where they come from, their background, how we can help them get to where they need to get to, managing their stress a little bit through um, clarity. Um, and so I think that's a part of the um, that whole value is the idea of, you know, just understanding, like you said earlier. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the last one is probably one of, that's my favorite one. <laughs> I'm not surprised. This is one of the things that is a hallmark staple of working at Patrick accounting and works. It is something that you have to have. And if you don't have it, it it's going to drive everybody, but not, uh, bonkers. And that is challenge it. This is the idea that status quo is not okay. What we do today is not necessarily going to be what we do tomorrow. We don't try to jack things up just for the sake of change, but we're not willing to jack things up just for the sake of change right? Um, because we believe that there's always going to be a better way um, where, where we have to try to get this conversation going with our team is... When we say there's a better way or you need to challenge something, we're not necessarily talking about the big, big, big picture of what we're doing. The core of what we do doesn't change. Yeah. The how we do it may change. And whenever we are encouraging our team to challenge things, we're looking for them to find something that's going to maybe make a three or five, 10 minute difference on what we're doing in, in any single client. This isn't, hey, you know what? I found a way that's gonna shave an hour off of every single day. No, but I can shave three minutes off of every single client. If I got 60 clients, well, I just save myself a couple hours, a few hours a month. Right. And in our world, that's a huge, that's a if huge deal. If you figure deal. a few hours times eight or nine or 10 people that we have now doing production work or 
15 people, whatever the number is. That adds up. Yep. And, you know, what we also find is we may learn something from somebody else. You know, new client comes on board and they have a process. Hmm. That's an interesting way to think about it. Let's look at that. Well, what would that do to our process? Um, technology keeps changing. So, our, you know, we have to keep, we have the idea of an R&D um, mindset when it comes to technology, trying to try new things. Be willing to try them. If they don't work, great, throw them away. But keep trying until we find something. You know, we have a number of steps in our process which are super inefficient, not because of by our, our needs, but because the technology doesn't allow us to be as efficient as we could be. As those technologies improve, we want to make sure we embrace those and figure out the best way to use them and put them into our processes. Um, we have a core belief of how we do things, you know, get stuff in the door, process what we do, send it out the door. That's really not that, that core value of core handling of the work really hasn't changed much, but how do we get stuff in more efficiently? How do we process the work more efficiently? How do we deliver the work more efficiently? How do we communicate better? All those things are part of the challenging mindset. Why is a question that we expect our team to ask often over and over and over again. It's probably one of the most important questions that they can ask especially as a new employee, it's for new, for new hires, whenever we start to see them ask why is when you start to see that they're actually understanding what's happening. Yep. Up until that point, it's they're just learning do how to this. Do okay. I did that. But then they do that over and over and over again. They realize, well, there's a reason behind why I'm doing that. Why, what's that reason? What, why am I doing this? Yep. And that's when you start to see those wheels are turning to really understand what's happening, not the just best thing they can this. do it's is say, rote. "Can you explain why we do this?" That's yeah. the best thing our staff can do. Yeah. Um, or at least they've figured out. Maybe they don't have to ask at that point. Maybe they figured out why we do it that way. Um, but yeah, it's huge. It's a huge step in their learning for us uh, because until that point, it is very mechanical, and they just go through the motions, which is fine. They have to do that, but we all need to be throwing wrenches into the process as much as possible. Yeah, I'll I always like to take that one step further than just them asking why, because why for some people just is a, an understanding mechanism. I want to understand why I'm doing this. I always like to see why come from a, a, a point of skepticism. Like, why are we doing that this from the standpoint dumb. of why the hell are this we doing is this? silly? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, this doesn't make sense. Right. There's a there's a different way. Or I I I know that we did this over here, but we're doing that over there. That doesn't make sense. Why is that happening? That's an awesome question. That means we're not consistent in our processes. Yeah. And that means they're actually applying one client to another, which is even another step because you're going, hey, we did this over here. Why are we not doing that over there? Because this is, I think this other way is better. Or um, why are we doing things four different ways? Which is even, that's the worst case answer. Yeah. Yeah, in, in our happens, world, that's something that, that we we try to be consistent yeah. and treat every single client the same from a from a process standpoint. Um, but that doesn't always happen because Correct. of clients know, and people reason. being involved. <laughs> and and so whenever yeah, whenever our team is starting to look at that and say, well, that doesn't make sense because we don't do it that way in these other scenarios. Sometimes Correct. that's a great opportunity to explain. Well, this is why we don't, and there's an actual underlying reason there, and that that does help further the understanding. Yep. But sometimes it's just simply, oh, you know what? Yep. I don't that know why. That person used to be on the job, and this person, this client brought this process with them, and we never changed it. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a good answer. Yeah, we need, well, we're going to start changing it now. Let's so, challenge it. Challenge please. it, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't like the response of, well, we've always done it that way. Yeah. Um, I want, that is not a reason. That's like saying, because I told you so. It's an excuse. That's the parents telling you, I told you so. That's not a reason. I want a reason. Why are we doing it that way? Explain to me why it's important. Yeah. 
And you have to be able to you have to you have to be able to explain it because if you can't, yeah, then you don't. Then know. you're gonna get beat up a little bit. Yep. Because uh, we don't we don't ever want to do something that we don't understand in, in the accounting world that can get you in trouble pretty quick. Yes. Sir. Hey, I'm clicking this box. Why are you doing that? I thought it'd be a cool box to click. I mean, well, that cl- box just jacked up everything. Yes. Don't click that box ever again. Why? Because I told you so. <laughs> because I said so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Understanding why is super yes. important. Challenging it for our team is really really important. Uh, it's something that we talk about often. Uh, uh, it's on all of our doors. Um, you've heard it talked about on our podcast before, but we still get a lot of questions, both from our team and from from others that we talk to about why these are our core values. Ultimately, these are our core values because this is what has is these are in, in the best of our ability to uh, find what's underpinning our success here. These are these are those values. This so we talk about important. this being we do these values, which hopefully produces excellence in all things. Yeah. Um, you know, as you notice, we have five of these, I would say, you know, any more than, you know, five to 10 at max, probably values is probably too many. Um, find the ones that are important to you. Uh, not everybody's are the same. Um, we've, we listened, we looked around, you can go online and look for core values from a a lot of different businesses are out there. Some people are really creative in, in making them fun. Ours are, are pretty little you know short statements but we want to make them short and succinct something that we all can say easy pretty to easy, easy to remember correct and so um but if you don't have core values i recommend you it will allow your team to have a good focus i like it that we are recruiting now based off that when we recruit people today we are valuing them on how they they meet these core values when we evaluate our teammate we're looking to see how they measure these core values um when we are um, looking for promotions all that stuff core values matter so we're, we're seeing how they did it when somebody succeeds in something, when they when they are, we want to praise it, the the core value. If somebody challenges something, we want to praise it in public, um, and those are all super important. I think. Yeah, yeah. And so this is where we land. Is not necessarily where you're going to land. Um, as you get into this, and it's com- completely okay to go steal core values from other people. Um, nothing new under the sun out there. And so um, I would encourage you ask yourself, you know, what, you know, what is important in my organization, and why is that important and have that exercise and take some time to actually develop that because it can become a building block for recruiting, um, you know, performance management, uh, everything about your people um, side of your company and, and what you guys are actually doing. It'll all flow over to your overall success. So I'd encourage you to actually define those to the extent that you have not yet defined them. Take a look at them every so often because sometimes these do change. Um, as Matt mentioned, excellence was one of our core values there for a while, but then we realized that by doing these other five, it's really, a, we're producing excellence. It's not, Correct. you know, ac- be excellent. It's like, you know, telling your little league son, just swing harder, watch the ball. Well, what does that actually mean? Right. Well, if you do these things, you're going to have a better chance of success. So let's get into those yeah. uh, leading indicators. And so um, they will change from time to time, uh, most likely, especially as you're early on getting these defined, as you realize, well, that kind of bleeds into this and Really you may find that. some that are overlapping. We had some that overlapped, yeah. and then we had some that we've added some. I think empathy for others was one that was added mm-hmm. uh, during the process. We felt like that was something we did, but we didn't have it written down. So I like I like how they I, like, I think they're pretty good right now, but they may change over time. Yeah, to add a core value is a pretty stringent process. It's yeah. a, uh, it's something that's going to get beat up pretty hard. Ultimately, we haven't added anything in probably two years, Correct. two to three years or so. Uh, and so these, these are working pretty well for us. So, so far, so good. 
Appreciate you uh, taking the time to talk about core values. We got one question uh, that we're going to answer from last week's episode. Um, so last week we were talking about what we wish your accountants um, actually knew or what your accountant wishes that you actually knew. Um, and so one of the questions that came in is, is a, I think this is a pretty, pretty good question. It's uh, um, how often should I be speaking with my accountant? Communicating probably at least monthly, if not more frequently than that speaking with at least quarterly you should at least be having a conversation with your your i say quarterly ish three to four times a year you know um you have a tax time conversation a mid-year conversation start having a planning for year end and then you may have a helping kickstart the year so three to four times yeah. a year by realistic yeah i would say as often as you don't know something yes that's a good answer um our goal email and your account email. <laughs> <laughs> email phone calls are sometimes easier yeah um your your accountant should be a teacher. They should be somebody that's going to guide you and educate you and teach you in the things that you don't know. So if there's a question that you are uh, uncertain about asking, you probably should ask it. Um, and if your accountant is simply saying, well, it's because I said so, or because I did that or whatever it may be, you probably need to dig into that a little bit deeper. Um, while your accountant is likely correct that, yeah, they did that. And so don't worry about it. Um, that's not, that, that shouldn't be the heart of the person that you're, you're working with. And so as often as you don't know something and often as you have a question, you should feel free to ask. Absolutely. We communicate frequently via email. Um, it's a quick way to, uh, on your timeline, you can ask the question on our timeline. We can respond. We try to do that, um, a response within 24 hours. Um, but always you can give us a phone call. Um, we, if you're working with us, we don't bill you every time you make a phone call or send us an email. And so uh, we want you to feel the freedom to ask those questions. We want to yep. help educate you and, and give you some insightful information to the best degree possible. Now, if you're calling us, asking us about, you know, what you should cook for dinner, uh, we may we may start to put some limits on. Talk about uh, scope at some <laughs> point. Yeah, but, uh, you know, anything that, that actually relates to what we're doing, we love yeah. to have those conversations. Yeah. Um, it helps us get out of the routine of sitting at a computer, plugging away all day. Uh, it helps us connect with the people behind it, like we talked about earlier. Yep. Uh, and so we, we like to get those questions and, and help as, uh, as best we can. So, well, Matt, thank you very much for taking time out of your busy day to, to talk with us about core values. If you're out there listening, we would love to hear your feedback. Send us an email at uh, one step better at patrickaccounting.com. Um, give us a comment, uh, give us a rating. We really like to see those comments come through and those ratings come through because it helps us know that um, the content that we're delivering is helpful and useful. If you have ideas of things that you want us to talk about that we haven't yet talked about, feel free to send us an email, yep. reach out to us. Um, our goal is to make this podcast about helping you guys out there get one step better in your running and operating a business. So to the best degree that we can do that, we would love for that to happen. And so thanks for joining us. You guys have a wonderful day. 